What's good, y'all? Welcome back to The Cycle 365. I'm one of your hosts, Simon Villanos. And I'm Jesse Boone. This is episode 8, and we have a jam-packed podcast for y'all today. We're talking about football, baseball, and the XFL. But first, we're going to talk football, we're going to talk about the NFL, we're going to do a quick recap, going over some of the key games and uh, highlights of the weekend. So... First things first, we got Cowboys versus the Jets, where the Cowboys lost to the Jets, who are currently 1-4, with that one win being over the Cowboys. All right, Jesse, so initial thoughts about this game, about the Jets winning over the Cowboys in Sam Darnold's return. What do you think about it? Um, Well, I was definitely surprised in the first place. I didn't think the Jets were going to beat the Cowboys at all. No. Um, (laughs) No. But, I mean, Sam Darnold looked pretty good in his return. He threw two touchdowns. He did have another reception, but, I mean, threw for 300 yards, and he looked decent. Yeah. He, If I remember, he was out because he was sick, correct? Yeah, he mono. was mono. <laughs> so he's back, he's back from mono. So I think moving forward, I don't know. The Jets are a tough team to put their finger on, put my finger on. Yeah. I, don't, I still don't think they're going to be very good. But I think it's more of a testament this game is to how I talked about last week in episode seven, how much of a pretender the Cowboys are. Yeah, I'm, I wanted to believe in the Cowboys, and I realized in the last podcast I definitely contradicted myself <laughs> by setting y'all up and saying, oh yeah, they're fake, right? But I still believe they're going to go to the Super Bowl. So I realized that. I really don't think it's anything wrong with the players they have. I think it's Jason Garrett, plain and simple. Did you see that video, that clip of Jason Garrett trying to high-five some of his own players and they're like avoiding him on purpose? <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah, well that's not a good look, because obviously they don't believe in him. And... A lot of people don't believe in him outside of the organization. And Jerry Jones is still kind of in denial about it. So do you think Jason Garrett's the problem or is it the players? I definitely would agree. I don't think it's the players. I think it's okay. the coaching. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at the game, the leading receiver for, for Dallas was Tavon Austin. Like, oh. we have, what? <laughs> you have three other good receivers in Jason Witten, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Those three are all better than Tavon Austin. So, like, why the heck is Tavon Austin your leading receiver? That's I mean, Amari, Amari Cooper, Cooper has hurt too. Yeah, so. I mean, but still, like, like even Michael Gallup is still a receiver too. You can use him in in place of Amari Cooper because I think while well, he's not Amari Cooper, but he's I would just say a tier below. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't say like Tavon Austin should be your leading receiver, but no, that's fair. That's fair. I think well, who was it? Was it Romo? Tony Romo who said this? He said. The offense looked more like a Jason Garrett offense than a Kellen Moore offense. Yeah. And then he said, like, just kidding, but I'm, I kind of agree. Like, I'll just be real. Like, Jason Garrett, you know, he's, I'm sure he's a good delegator and all that, but, you know, delegate. <laughs> Kellen Moore, I mean, there are obviously going to be growing pains, but this didn't really seem like growing pains. It just kind of seemed like they were struggling. And, you know, this Jets team really isn't that good. No. Even with Sam Darnold, like, like, come on, man. He's coming off in, not an injury, but a sickness. So there's no reason he should throw for 338 yards, two touchdowns, did throw a pick, and the Cowboys still lose by two points. Like, those stats, like, yes, they're good, but, I mean, you should win those. You should win these games, you know? Like, Dak Prescott had no, no one really had any turnovers on the Cowboys. You know, Dak Prescott didn't have any passing touchdowns, but he did have a rushing touchdown. And, I don't know, just looking at the stats and, you know, going over some of the game felt, it just looked like that the Cowboys struggled. And that's on Jason Garrett. So how much time do you think Jason Garrett has before they figure it out that he's the problem? Um, I think he's I think he'll 
coach for at least at least the next eight games. I think he'll take okay. eight games. Um, they have the Eagles next week. Ooh. There's a little bit of controversy with that because of the Eagles coach who said, we're going to go down and take care of business after losing to the Vikings. You don't really want to say that because then teams get all defensive. Anyways, yeah, yeah, you're right. So it'll be an interesting game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Then they have the Giants. They should beat the Giants. And the Vikings, Lions, Patriots. I think after the Patriots game is when they'll start to really evaluate, evaluate the coaching situation. So I think that'll be be the week that we can revisit this and talk about it then. That's fair. I agree. I low-key think that Bill Belichick might expose the Cowboys so bad they fire Jason Garrett right after. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a feeling, you know, it's a couple weeks out, but we'll have to see. Alright, so moving forward, we have the 49ers versus the LA Rams. This was a big time divisional matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever won this, I mean, they wouldn't have taken over, you know, the division. But they'd be closer yep. to getting to that point because in the NFC West, it's very close. Very it's very tight. tight. The 49ers took care of the Rams pretty easily, it seemed. They won 20-7. to So yep. what do you think about this game, Jesse? Um, I give this one solely up to San Francisco's defense. Yeah. They're playing really well. And at the same time, I think Jared Goff is not right for some reason right now. Todd Gurley didn't play. That's he, concerning. Yeah. If he did, I bet you I think it's a little bit of a different score. Yeah. But, man, Jared Goff it was terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was under a lot of pressure, yes. But at the same time, come on, you're in the NFL, dude. You threw 78 yards in a full game. Like That's terrible. I know. I don't think I've like, seen that in the last – like, I don't remember the last time I've seen someone throw under 100 yards in the NFL. Yeah. Like, even bad. Lamar Jackson didn't get yeah. that bad, and he was a running back yeah. by many I mean, he, still, he, had, he had 13 completions. Oh, my Lord. For 78 yards. <laughs> I feel like this was definitely a winnable game. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even play well. And see, no. I'll be honest, like, I like the 49ers altogether as a team, but Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy that I'm like, ah, he He's may or one, may not be the weakest he, league. Well, yeah. So I think, I think, yeah, I think, I agree with you that San Francisco is, is good, but yeah. if, if there's going to be one player that keeps him out of the, out of the, well, I think they'll still make the playoffs anyways at this yeah. point now. Yeah. But out of the Super Bowl, it's Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not, a Super Bowl winning quarterback at this point. Yeah, he looks very uncomfortable, yeah. I'd say, which is weird because he's been in the system, like, I mean, it's only been it's year two, but still. Mm-hmm. He looks real uncomfortable, and it's kind of weird. He has a lot of weapons, too, between Kittle, you know, his running backs who are all pretty good, Marquise Goodwin. Goodwin. Yeah, all of them boys. And then a defense that you could rely on, but he still looks uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, you have to give it to him the fact that, yes, it is his second year, but he was hurt for half the year last year, so he didn't play. That's but fair. At, yeah, at the same time, I agree. I don't think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the one that's going to hold them back this year. Oh, yeah. Back to the LA Rams. Do you think it is panic mode? Like it's time to hit panic mode for them now? It's, they're three <sighs> I and think, three. Actually, I think so. I think so. Okay. Especially with, we'll talk about this trades later, but especially trading Marcus Peters. Like, oh, yeah. like, I think they have realized, oh crap, we're done. And they're selling out. They're selling out for for next year. That's fair. Did you see that they're putting a keep to leave on IR too? Yeah, so I mean, I just think this this year is over for the Rams. Already? Oh, yeah. Are you, are you asking <laughs> well, I mean, them? Yeah, I am asking them because, okay, because okay. Of, of Seattle. That's fair. Like Seattle and San Francisco. Yeah. So like, if if two, like three teams from this division are not gonna go to the, or the playoffs. That's fair. I don't think I don't think I think they might be able to send two. Yeah, oh yeah, I definitely think they could yeah. send two. But if those two are getting sent to me, Seattle and San Francisco, it's not going to sure. be yeah. be the Rams. So yes, I'm writing them off right now. That they aren't going to make it. Okay, 
That's I mean, fair. they still have, and I think they have a great a great foundation to build on next year. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl last year. That's true. So, I mean, they still have, and they haven't really lost much of that core. They have not. They've added a lot of veterans too, so they need to be careful about that. Mm -hmm. They might be a little bit too veteran heavy right now. So you got they got you got to draft well. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And then you gotta kind of gotta figure out mm -hmm. that line. Too. I think yeah. Moving forward, I think you need to draft draft a line in this coming draft because. Oh yeah. So they have a good line, but they're all old. So. So, with Jared Goff, I mean, they gave him that extension. So you got to think they're gonna ride it out with him just for a couple more seasons. But. I mean, I still think he'll be fine. I think it's just yeah. a fluke season. But. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to yeah, see. We'll see. It's it's disappointing with the Rams to say the least. We both definitely thought they'd make the playoffs. We were literally listening to the NFL preview, <laughs> and we were like, "Oh yeah, it's obviously going." But it is what it is. Anyways, moving forward, we got we got the Lions and Packers game. It was a Monday Night Football game, and it was a very questionable um, outcome to say the least. In my opinion, the Lions got robbed, and they only lost by one point, but they still got robbed. Mm -hmm. Jesse, why don't you give us some insight? Well, well, actually, why don't you tell us what you think about this game overall? I'm going to be honest. I, so I watched a little, I just watched the end of it. I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Yeah. But at the same time, sure, that everyone's talking about this controversial hands to the face at the end of the game that put the Green Bay Packers in field goal range, but they were already in field goal range. So I still think, sure. I think whether they get this call or not, um, Green Bay is still going to kick the field goal, still take the one-point lead, and I still think that Matt Stafford is not going to score or get in field goal range to win the game with no timeouts and a minute left. That's So fair. I still think Green Bay wins this game whether there's a penalty or not, but we can talk about the penalties in a second. So I still think, anyways, yeah, my, my thing on the game, Aaron Rodgers played good. What's this guy's name? Lazard from oh Alan yeah, Lazard Alan Lazard from uh, Iowa State yeah yeah last yeah. year I remember watching him play same yeah um, he got his first touchdown it was a big touchdown at the end so that was cool to see it was um, yeah. Kenny Galladay had a monster game I think it was a good it was a really good game all around I think it was it was an exciting one to watch fun to watch but I think again in the end whether there's a penalty or not I think Green Bay still wins everyone's freaking out like oh the Lions got robbed but I still think Green Bay would have won either way that's true that's I mean it's fair to you know, make an educated guess on that. It's tough. It's tough to tell Lions fans that, but you know, I know, I know. They'll get used to it. It's, I mean, <laughs> they are used to it, so it's okay. Yeah. But like, I definitely thought that call was messed up. I knew they blew a call. It was like right before the first half ended, where they let the Packers have too many players on the field, and they didn't call that, which I guess led to a score. So <laughs> that's or something like that. So that's another thing. But what do you think about the officiating in the NFL? Because there have been, I mean, there's always kind of been issues, but, you know, what, what do you think about officiating in the NFL right now? Because some people would argue that it's a problem. Like, it's really Yeah, oh, yeah, games. no, I've definitely seen it in, um, in some of the other things people are talking about these days, or, I mean, this week even. Yeah. It's just that even Dan Overlasky, you know, the quarterback. Overlasky. Yeah, 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 that guy. He um, said, the fans are sick of it, basically. Oh, yeah. And um, we don't have a problem. It's an actual ep epidemic. I don't know if that's... I think that might be a little bit too much of a, a stretch. A, yeah. I don't think it's an epidem epidemic at all. It's real I, dramatic. Yeah, I think it is a problem, though. I mean, if you, if you can see the penalty happening from your couch, the ref should be able to see it. Or, like, vice versa, you know? If like, there's no call. Like, we can go back to... I think, it's, I think all this really started with... 
the no pass interference call in the NFC Championship oh, last year. That was like terrible. everybody in the world saw that, except and, for them. Except for the re the ref that was standing right there watching the play. So like that that makes me does that does make me question how like he saw it he saw it so what like what is he not calling like that's true like it was an obvious pass interference call. Do you think it's a so some people would argue that the NFL should hire full time refs? But I did a little bit of research. So refs get paid two hundred thousand dollars a year for a quote-unquote part-time job which I feel like is a lot of money, it's a lot of money to make as a referee but they're still doing a trash job is there really any way that they could fix this because say they make them like you know full-time you know refs which I feel like would be a lot more money either like they get more benefits or something like that but I don't I don't exactly know the logistics of it but do you think that would matter in making you know the officiating more I guess, you know, improve the quality of officiating altogether. I think yes, if you have full-time full -time refs. I think, also, I, I thought about this too, um, this is kind of like a new wave of refs in the NFL now. Like, if you go back, like, oh, you're just right. in like 2012 even, 2015, we had all these other refs, like, what's his name, Ed Hockey with the gigantic muscles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 I know that um, guy. He, uh, like, they, that was like, this is like a new generation of refs. And I think, I think they're young. Well, not they're not young people, but, <laughs> but. <laughs> you don't know that. But no, okay. they're, I mean, they're younger. But yeah, they're also old. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they, uh, it's just a newer, like a new generation of refs, and I don't think they're as good as the old ones. That's fair. Uh, but they still have, again, they still have some growth to do, and by 2025, you might be able to see like this new ref class be like that last one. Okay. That's fair. We'll have to see. I also think this is this is just an idea that I made up. But I think it'd be really cool if former players were refs. Yeah, that could that would be cool. Well, maybe okay. Maybe there would be you biases have, and all yeah, that. You would have to have you have to have some sort of process of picking the yeah, players because yeah. like there could be like let's think about Ray Lewis going out there and being a <laughs> being a ref. You could like have a straight up helmet helmet defensive player thing and Ray Lewis like that's clean. That's fair. <laughs> you know. So like, but see, I could see Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Well. Maybe not Tom Brady, but I could see Peyton Manning being a ref for sure. Yeah, I could see Peyton Manning, but he, I don't think he wants to. He's gonna, no, he's I don't gonna think own he does. Broncos, so. yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Too. Um, I think I think you could take. Okay, I'll be honest. I think it'd be cool to have former players be refs, but at the same time, I don't think you should have those big time star players be refs. No, let's have fine. like the third string quarterback. Be yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, you know, or like <laughs> the sixth string receivers who don't really play much. So like, but like a Max McCaffrey guy who did get drafted. Oh. We'll talk about the XFL later. Yeah, but the yeah. guy who got drafted. That would be a good guy to have in as a ref. That would. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting thing. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. You know, we'll, we'll come back to that someday. You know, mm -hmm. but anyways, um, moving but hold on. Forward. One more thing oh, for sorry, for the Detroit fans out there. Yeah. If there's any listening, the NFL did admit. Just about three hours ago, as of this podcast, so about about 3 p.m. Mountain, <laughs> um, mountain, mountain Standard Time, that the NFL admitted that the Monday Night officiating was a mistake in the last call. If you watch it, he is. Trey Flowers does have his hand on the shoulder pad. Yeah. It's not a face. It's not a hand to the face. But again, I think Mason Crosby, whether they call that or not, still makes the field goal. In well, now we never know. <laughs> You're right. They won, so it is what it is. Yeah. We move forward from it. Officiating needs to be better. It does. Hopefully it gets better. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. All right. So, moving forward, we're going to talk 
a little bit about trades and trade rumors that went down. First off, let's talk about the trade that just dropped today. Today is October 15th, by the way. Today's the day that we're recording. So Marcus Peters, just a couple hours ago, got traded to mm-hmm. the Baltimore Ravens for Kenny Young and I think a fifth-round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, how about you tell me your initial thoughts? Um, well, I mean, we touched on it a little bit when we were talking about the, the Rams game. I think yeah. the Rams are selling up, selling some of their veterans veteran players and they're going to try to rebuild. Um, I think so I think that this is something you just you see with teams that that think they're done or aren't going to make it this year to the playoffs or don't think they can make a run. They sell off their their I guess you could say star players or like big big name players. Like this happens in baseball all the time. That's fair. That, that's why we'll, again we'll talk about baseball later, but why the Nationals are so good at this moment. Like they weren't good in that good in the regular season, but right at the trade deadline they get all these trades and they have all these good players and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that's what they're kind of doing here. The Rams are, uh, like I said, I wrote them. I wrote the Rams for this year. I think don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think probably not. Yeah, I still think they still have a good, core. good core though. I mean, now that Marcus Peters gone and Aqib Tlaib's on IR, I don't know how much t- more time Aqib Tlaib has either in the NFL. So yeah. I think you need to start as if you're a Rams, a Rams uh, organization, you need to start looking at new corners to come or defensive backs to come in. And, Take those spots, but so yeah, I think the Rams are selling out, and then Baltimore. I mean, it confuses me a little bit. Like, I think they definitely can make a run, and I think they could make the playoffs. Yeah. And I think that if they're gonna make the playoffs, this is the move they needed to make because they their offense is fine. Oh, for with sure. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and and Hollywood Brown, I think they're gonna be fine. Mark Andrews, their offense is good. Their offense line is decent as well. That's right. I think they needed to like. At the beginning of the year, everyone thought that this Ravens defense wasn't going to be good, but then they played in the first two games, and they're like, oh, wow, they are actually really good. But then we fell off again, like, oh, okay, they're back to what we thought they were going to be. Yeah. So I think this is a move that they needed to make if they want to make or make the playoffs. Um, and I think it's going to benefit the whole team in a positive way. I think, gonna, I think it's a, it was a good trade. I believe that, too. So, I mean, you're obviously really high on Marcus Peters. He hasn't really had the greatest run in L.A. I mean, obviously, he went to a Super Bowl. But at the same time, it's been a rocky road for uh, Marcus Peters, you know. There's a reason they only traded, you know, Kenny Young in a fifth-round pick for him. So it does make me think, like, ah, is there something wrong with him? But when he's good, he's good. Because he'll be the second guy to Marlon Humphrey over there. Yeah. And that's that's scary. I really, gosh, man, I really wish my Steelers traded for him. Because <laughs> if it took a linebacker in a fifth-round pick, we could give up a linebacker in a fifth-round pick, and it will be the same thing. Yeah. Possibly better because, you know, our picks are going to be more valuable. But that sucks. Oh, well. I think the Ravens, this is a very low-risk but high-reward trade. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, I also think for Marcus Pierce, a change of scenery might help. So Again. <laughs> Another change of scenery. Yeah. Especially uh, the Ravens are very defensive focused. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. franchise traditionally. So that's good. But anyways, we have the Panthers quarterback Cam Newton, who is rumored to be on the trade block. Honestly, solely because Kyle Allen has not lost a game yet, and he's played well. Hasn't turned over the ball a lot. He's been you know mostly dynamic, and obviously it helps having guys like Christian McCaffrey. You know, DJ Moore, some of those people over there, and then a solid defense as always. So, Cam Newton, do mm-hmm. you believe that he will be on a new team this time next year? Oh, yeah. This time next year, I think for sure he'll be on a new team. For sure? Yeah. So, that, that'll mean he'll have to get traded. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I don't know how soon he'll get traded, but I think he'll be on a new team next year. 
Okay, that's fair. I think I agree. I think he needs a change of scenery as well. Carolina has been good to him, but he needs to get healthy first off. Yeah. Because when he's healthy, he's an MVP type of guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's been, I mean, I guess it hasn't been a long time. It's been since last year. Because last year at the beginning of the season, he looked pretty good. And then he slowly fell off as his health fell off. Yeah. So hopefully he could be good. But where would you like to see Cam Newton go? You know it. What? Tell Denver, me. dude. Say Denver. It. Yeah. That would be a great fit. Yeah. No, I, I believe it. For Cam Newton to be in Denver. I think Denver could go get their quarterback that they need. Like, that's that's it. Um, Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton could win a Super Bowl in Denver. What would you give for Cam Newton? I'd give up Emmanuel Sanders, <laughs> Garrett Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any um, draft picks? Yeah, I'd probably give up the third for him. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. That's not bad. Like, Emmanuel Sanders, Garrett Bowles in a third round won't be bad for a Panthers team that may or may not be contending pretty soon here. With yeah, Kyle. so I think I definitely think that Denver would be a good spot for him. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, yeah, really. You don't know about Mason and Big Ben. I, yeah, I mean, Mason. Well, I still again, I still think that Ben Roethlisberger should be done. I think he should <laughs> okay. be done now after this injury. I think he had a great career, Hall of Fame career. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. I think he just needs to retire and live his life. <laughs> See. I want to think that too, but he's a stubborn guy. He's the type of guy that will play way past his prime and not care. Yeah. You know? So he might get traded too, but we'll, that's a conversation oh for another day. Ben Rossberger. Oh, man. Okay, anyway. Uh, Mason, <laughs> I do think Mason Rudolph is the future there if he can stay healthy. Hopefully he's okay. Exactly. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. he's actually um, okay. So, yeah, so I think Pittsburgh could possibly be a landing spot. I mean, Denver's still before Pittsburgh, but... No, yeah, for sure. What about Chicago? Because Trubisky, Trubisky, I'm going to be real, like, that ain't it. No. And <laughs> that ain't it. I always just laugh every time I think about this now. It's like, like, poor Chicago. Like, they, I don't know why they drafted Mitchell Trubisky with the number two pick overall. They traded up for it, yeah. too. <laughs> like, while Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were there, like, Mitchell Trubisky might... He, he's a good backup now. Like I think he's gonna end up being a backup. Whereas you you, you passed on like a Patrick Mahomes and uh, Deshaun Watson, who are gonna be stars in the NFL for a long time. Two MVP candidates right yeah. now too, which yeah. is hilarious. And if we, if you went back and asked me who you should take in that draft, I would say at number two if you're gonna trade up for him, I'd, obviously Deshaun Watson. That's who I would yeah, take. Yeah, he has the pedigree. Yeah, I would take Deshaun Watson. I just like I didn't even watch I didn't even watch a single game Mitch Trubisky played. I mean, in college, did. exactly. Yeah. So like, I don't know why you trade for that. I don't know if Cam Newton goes there yet. I think you still give Mitch Trubisky since you did spend as much as you did on it at least another year. I mean, his rookie contract's coming up. Yeah, finish out the rookie know. contract and then see see where it goes from there. I don't know about Chicago. I mean, it'd be a solid trade. Yeah, he'd be in a very similar, you know. Kind of, uh, let me think, situation as Carolina. Because he'd have a good, he had probably an arguably way better defense. You know, he still has skill players around him. He has a good coach in Matt Nagy who, like, could definitely use an RPO guy like Cam Newton for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, even better or so. And, like, you know, Cam, like, I feel like, just in general, he would fit in in Chicago. He definitely yeah. would. Again, I would still put Denver over Chicago. That's fair. I mean, I don't know how much Chicago might be able to offer a little bit more than Denver because they may feel like, oh well, we gotta get after it, you know, or or this is it, you mm-hmm. know. But we'll see. So those are those are potential 
you know, places for Cam Newton to go. Yeah, let's see. I'll, I'll see if I can find one more, maybe. Tennessee? Tennessee could be, I think, could be a good fit because, I mean, they run that Marks Merritt office anyways. Yeah. And he would fit right in there. Tennessee, I could definitely see taking taking Cam. As I look for someone else, I'll just off or put it out there. Also, today, Zay Jones got traded to Oakland. Well, it was last week, but, yeah, he did get yeah. traded to Oakland. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a huge deal, but... Talk about trade, so just put no, it out there. No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, what about Cincinnati? Ooh. See, Cam would hate to get traded to Cincinnati. I don't even know if he'd suit up for them, to be honest. Because that's a rebuilding organization. Yeah, but what if, what if they asked, what if they came to him and said, hey, we want to rebuild this organization around you? Well, how many more years do you think Cam Newton has realistically? I think he's another, at least another five. Really? Oh, yeah. You, like right now, he has another five mm-hmm. years. I think so. Okay. Maybe. I think another five elite years. I do. Elite years? Yeah. Really? Okay. Okay. That's fair. I see. I really. I've always liked Cam Newton. You mm-hmm. know. Me too. He's always been my type of guy. Like a great personality. I've always thought a very vocal leader. Sometimes people will take him, you know, his qualities into question. But I've always thought he's a good guy. He has. He's had all the physical talents in the world in the world that you want, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe sometimes... Like, I think he's still a great player. It's just he needs a Super Bowl if he wants to get into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I'll first you, ballot. I'll give you two more options, Go and you it. can tell me if you think either of them. Okay. Oakland. Ooh. Okay. Oh, do you want me to respond no, to that no. right now? No, no, or... Okay. Indianapolis. <sighs> Pick which one you want to talk about, if any. Okay. Let's talk about Oakland then. Okay. I think Oakland would. Oh, well, okay. First off, it won't be Oakland because it'll be Las Vegas. It'll be Las yeah. Vegas. And I think that that key that was what ties into this. I think That's going into a new place in Las Vegas, Cam Newton would be a perfect, like poster child, you could say. Oh yeah. To put on the outside of that stadium, say, hey, we have a new team, we have a new quarterback, let's go get it. That's true. That'd be interesting. I. See, there's Derek Carr, though, and, like, I don't want to write him off, but it might He's be not going to win the Super Bowl. No, he's, he's, not he's probably he's not. He's the Kirk Cousins of the AFC. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> I think I think he needs to pull Drew Brees and leave it free agency. Yeah. Pick a new spot. Possibly go to the Chargers, actually. That might, you know, that yeah. might work out better. And then where does Philip Rivers go? Well, Philip Rivers is on his way out. <laughs> hey, actually, while we're talking about Philip Rivers, that boy washed up because my Steelers whooped on him. And yeah, the Chargers are bad. Oh, yeah. That was, I guess that we can talk about that. The last, yeah. Anyways, let's finish up this. Oakland, okay, yeah, go for it. Oakland could be a good landing spot for him. I'd ra- see, I'd rather have him go to Oakland than Indianapolis because I think the Colts have a guy in Jacoby Brissett. Okay. I think that's somebody they're going to lock up for good. Uh-huh. You no, know, because he's played well. And, I mean, there's no reason to trade for Cam Newton at that point. Yeah. I think at this point you save your draft picks and you keep building on what you have. Okay. But with, you know, Oakland slash Las Vegas, you know, John Gruden slash and Mike Mayock seem like those type of guys to, like, want to make a splash. Yeah. Trade. Like they did for Antonio Brown. Yes. Yeah. Look where that Look where that got him. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay, so that's it for that. I will say we can talk about the Chargers just for a second. You they should. are... Man, that's tough because they might be the second worst team in the NFL. They might. Or maybe third. Did I, behind I, Miami and Cincinnati. And Washington. Uh, I don't know. I would I would still, if I was going to have to pick someone, I'd pick Washington over 
Los Angeles, and I'd pick Cincinnati over Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, The okay. only team I wouldn't pick over uh, the Chargers is the Dolphins. That's fair. I think... So, did Cody actually tell you what I was saying while we were watching the game? No. I said, I hope the Steelers beat the Chargers so bad they move back to San Diego. Because <laughs> I don't... I hate that they moved to L.A. And I'm about to roast them. Like, I think that was the worst decision you could possibly make. It hurt all the fans. Like, money-wise, maybe it made sense, you know, momentarily. But, like, you have the Rams there, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think they need to move back to San Diego. Because it... It's embarrassing when the whole crowd is Steelers fans, and every time James Conner scores a touchdown, like they go crazy. Yeah, it was or, the same way when Denver went two weeks yeah, ago. Exactly, like, it was sixty percent Denver fans. Like you could hear, like, a Joe Flacco f- chant from the stands in Los Dog. Angeles. But like, see, at the same time, like, <laughs> like I saw that game too. But like the Steelers, it was probably ninety percent Steelers fans. Yeah, like they started playing the Steelers theme song Renegade <laughs> over the yeah. speakers. No, and they're. they're I read this thing that oh. Melvin Gordon was very upset about that. He's yeah. like, this is a home game for us. What the heck is it's, going on? I mean, it's really not, though. Like, yeah. I think you just got to move back. Like, you screwed up when you moved to L.A. Own up, move back to San Diego. It'll be okay. Because, like, it's just it's not working out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing Renegade, and Steelers fans were going crazy. Like, literally every time they scored, you could not see a single San Diego Chargers jersey out of the crowd. Also, like, you know it's bad when you're watching it on TV and you could hear the other... You could hear everyone in the sta- stadium yelling, Defense! Yeah, Defense! Yeah. And then Pittsburgh's on defense. And then they, yeah. you know, do something. I don't yeah. know. We'll see where that goes. Last thing on that, with trades. We're talking about trades and the Chargers. Yeah. All of the... Chargers running backs on the block, maybe. They are. Melvin Gordon won't be there next year. I promise you that. Yeah. I mean, um, he got Austin Eckler might still here. be there. Yeah. Just Jackson will probably still be there. Those are probably the two guys will go with forward, but I guarantee Melvin Gordon won't be there next no, year. No, yeah. Like I said, he got benched. Mm-hmm. You know, he maybe it was because the Steelers were shutting him down, but he got benched and they gave Austin Eckler the ball way more than him. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we'll see about that. But, anyways, that is it for the trade segment. Yep. So, yep. Anyways, that's it. The NFL. For the NFL segment, yep. Me and Jesse will talk college football coming up next. Alright, welcome back to the uh, Cycle 365. We, me and Simon here are now going to go through um, some college football. So, right. uh, our first game, Simon. It is Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, <laughs> Tell me your thoughts about uh, Texas losing to Oklahoma 27-34. That was a hard game to watch. Because, I don't know, man. Like, it was it was not a shootout like literally everyone thought it was. I mean, it was still a shootout. No, yeah. I mean, There's a lot of points scored. Yeah, in the second half. it was crazy. C.D. Yeah. Lamb had three touchdowns. That's and- true. Uh, 170 yards, and Jalen Hurts had 100 rushing yards and 200 passing yards. Like, it's still a good game. I mean, yeah, Sam Elliott yeah. also had 200 and stuff. So I'm like, it was still a shootout. Yeah, but I mean, ahead. it was a shootout, but like, it wasn't a complete shootout because the whole first half was pretty defensive, mm-hmm. you know. And then the second half was really when like, like, like they threw the doors off the hinges because like it, it got going real quick. It got going. Mm-hmm. But so initial thoughts. I think Texas, you know. I didn't realize they had so many injuries. <laughs> like they didn't have two of their starting safeties and two of their starting corners, which I don't know how, but it is what it is. And then they 
just got BJ Foster back, their nickelback, and he didn't look ready to come back at all. So that might have been a mistake too. So they're dealing with injuries to begin with, but the defense still played well. It was really just the offense that struggled. I, I won't say Sam Ellinger did bad because he really didn't, didn't have any turnovers. You know, didn't play as well as he could have, you know, came off to a slow start. But that Oklahoma defense is pretty good. They are. Yeah. I didn't realize that their defensive coordinator was the old defensive coordinator for Ohio State the last couple of years. Yeah. So Joey Bosa, Marshall Lattimore, Denzel Ward, all those NFL guys were products of you know the dc of oklahoma or oklahoma's dc mm -hmm. you know which is crazy uh because they stepped up i thought jalen hurts he i think that was the the one factor in this game is that texas just couldn't stop jalen hurts they that's could. it yeah jalen hurts struggled though like he at definitely the beginning, yeah yeah like he's, he had a he's... fumble and a pick yeah he has struggled the beginning of these last two games he has played in yeah but then he settles in and does well goes off yeah yeah but I think, don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts is still good. Just after watching it, I think C.D. Lamb is really good. Like, yeah. I think he might be the best receiver coming out yeah. if he does come out, which he probably will. You're also probably mad at me for saying this, but I think Go the on. reason Texas lost is the fact that they could not tackle any OU player to save their life. No. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> fair. Like, I mean, Texas' defense has always been kind of weak, even mm -hmm. though we, le we, like, lead... We, UT leads, you know, the Big 12 in turnovers, which I don't know how. With, well, with like they might, they're good at, they, they can turn ball, the ball, like, they can force turnovers, I should yeah. say. But, and I don't think they're that bad at tackling, but they just couldn't tackle in this game for some reason. Yeah, they I were mean, just like, oh, there's CD Lamb, let's just let him run down the field. Oh, <laughs> CD, gosh, man. He had some highlight plays. He might make your videos of the week, to be honest. Possibly, but... Potentially. Um, yeah, potentially. But, but I mean, anyways. like, he, he just ran through all the Texas. Like, the Texas defenders had their hands on him. They did. He just ran through them. Yeah, that was the hardest part. Yeah, so I, <laughs> that think that's, the hardest I think that's the watch. reason they lost this game. Yeah, for sure. I don't – I mean, it was still a good game all around. It wasn't like a blowout. But, man. But, I, like, this OU defense, too, played well. Because they sacked St. Ellinger nine times. Yeah. Which – Probably says a lot about their defense than you know Texas O line, because mm -hmm. man they're they're getting after it. So the OU linebacker slash I think defensive end Kenneth Murray he was kind of playing out of his mind this game. He was a force, whether you know he was physically out there making sacks or tackles or just you know holding that edge. But he played real well for them, and this OU defense is a lot better than a lot of people will give them credit for, mm -hmm. and. You know, really, after this Texas game, they face Texas again, potentially in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like, yeah. we'll see this matchup again. Um, so, we'll there'll be more to come on it. Um, but they will definitely play again. Oklahoma Texas will play in the Big 12 championship. There's no one else that's going to yeah. do that. So. Unless Baylor continues uh, Baylor, to be Yeah, but Baylor's going to start losing a few games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you don't I think, believe in him? I think... I don't believe in Baylor. I think I personally think Baylor's going to lose. Let's see. I'm going to look up Baylor's um, upcoming schedule real fast. I mean, they, they beat Texas Tech in overtime, in two overtimes, I should say. They did. But still, like, it was it was on a lucky last minute field goal that got them to overtime for the first time. Like, obviously, they rode down the field, but they were losing the whole game to Texas Tech. Really, that's fair. But all right, so I think I think Baylor loses. I don't know. I think Baylor might lose to Oklahoma State next week. Okay. 
Especially because it's in Oklahoma State. Oh. It's in Oklahoma. So I think, that'll be I think a that's tough. a loss. Yeah. Be I tough. do think they'll beat West Virginia. Okay. They're going to lose to Oklahoma and Texas. They'll oh, beat, so, okay. Yeah, they'll beat, they still play both of them. So they still, I think they're going to lose to both of them. And then they also they'll beat Kansas. And then there's a TCU game that I'll be at. Oh, yeah. I will be there at the TCU-Baylor game. That'll be a good one. And it's going to be a good one. I think that could be a trap game for Baylor because it's, cause it's in Fort Worth. And it's the biggest rival that there is between in like That's for TCU and T uh, Baylor. So I think I think TCU will win that game. I think yeah, just because it's in TCU, and I will be there. If Baylor goes on a run and beats Texas and OU, and then you're there at TCU, that'll be a big game. <laughs> well, they play TCU and then they play Oklahoma and Texas. Oh, dude. Okay, okay, okay. So that's why I think it's the trap game that I think. They'll be think they're going to be thinking about Texas and Oklahoma the next two coming games, It'll and they're just going to look right past. Trigger it. their downfall. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do think so. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, fair. Fair. Yeah. So I don't think Baylor can do it. So I think we'll see this matchup again: Texas, Oklahoma in the Big Twelve Championship. Okay. All right. Yeah. So All right. next game. Yep. What do we got? Uh, we're going to talk about Georgia losing to South Carolina. Oh man, this one hurt too because <laughs> we both believed so much in Georgia. And Jake Fromm, like come I on, know. Jake. <laughs> three picks yeah. okay let's just be real is it over for Georgia okay I was talking to a friend this weekend about like they can still make the playoff yes I don't think it's over for Georgia okay just solely because of the fact that they are on the S or the SEC East if okay. they were in if they were in the what is the other one the West no not the West the, uh, yeah it, well, it is the it's West. West yeah or East then it's West yeah okay so the SEC <laughs> West if they're in the SEC West SEC West, then they're done because you have Alabama, LSU, Auburn, all these teams that are going to beat them. Yeah. But the fact that they are over there, the only person, the only team that they have to worry about is Florida. <sighs> that, I don't, I don't think Georgia is done. Okay. I don't think it's over for Georgia. I think they could still make it. But do you think that will be enough to propel them into the college football playoffs? That'll be assuming they beat Alabama so they in the have, conference championship. But I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. I don't okay. know if Alabama makes the conference championship this year. I That's think LSU fair. beats Alabama. I can see. That. And then I think LSU also beats Georgia, and then they go in. So I okay. think LSU is the team that comes out of the SEC. We'll talk about that later. That'll be tough. But I don't think that Georgia is going to play Alabama in the in the championship. Okay, but and there's a chance. There's always that chance it's because they're on that side. I think Georgia will beat Florida when they play them down the road. Well, they need to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they will make the championship. Cause, but I mean, they dropped to ten. Like they're rated ten now. They went from 3 to 10. That's bad. Yeah, that's real bad. And you might see them dropping like faster as teams move up. Because you have Oklahoma and Ohio State who are both like making really good cases of making it in. Yeah. I mean, and they don't have an easy schedule to end the season. No. I mean, they have their next game against Kentucky, and I think they'll beat Kentucky. They should. Get back on track. But then that, there's, the, there's the Florida game yeah. right there. So we'll have to see. What's, and it's in Florida, so... We know how tough it is after seeing Auburn get beat in the swamp. Yep. That it's not an easy place to play. It never in is. Though. It never is. Yeah, but then you also have Missouri, Ooh. Auburn. Oh, Auburn might be. That might yeah. be a trap game. You yeah. gotta be careful. That might be a trap. A and M and Georgia Tech. So that's what they finish up with. Something like they don't have an easy schedule going through. But I think they need this to feel to be qualified to yeah. make it. Oh into yeah. The no, they have so. to. They have to win out to make yeah. to make it. And if they do, I think their chances are still there, and they can still make the playoff. Okay. So I don't think they're done. So no panic mode yet. No panic mode for Georgia. Okay. Do you, so real quick before we move on, 
with Jake from has did his draft stock go lower because of this game or drop because of this? I game? think it did fall. Okay. How, really many, how many rounds? Or I don't think a, a spot. I don't think a, a like he was supposed to be in the first round and. Yeah. If like at the beginning of the season, I would have him as maybe the second quarterback taken. Yeah. I think I have him probably being the fifth quarterback taken now in the second round. So I don't Ooh. think I don't think he'd lost it, like a ton of the round. But after this, what we have so far, I would have Jalen Hurts in front of him, Joe yep. Burrow, yep. Tua, obviously, yeah. and Justin Herbert. So I think those are the four that go. Those are the four that go in front of him, and then Jake Fromm. Yeah, that sucks because I kind of agree. Like, Herbert's honestly not that good. No, I'll know. be real; he's really not that good. But people are still going to be like, "Well, he should have won in the first pick, you know, first round last year, so he is good." So it sucks that it's it's come down to him being a toss up between, you know, Fromm or Herbert. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. I think I still think Herbert goes before Fromm. Yeah, and it sucks because like Fromm. Like, he's just a likable guy, you know? Oh, yeah. And he's a good he, leader. And he's still going to make an NFL team. And I think in the future, I think he still starts for an NFL team. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think it just means like, oh, he's done. He's never going to play again. I think he <laughs> still is a starting NFL quarterback, and he will start for a team. He'll get his chances, yeah. too, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And last thing on this game, sorry, South Carolina fans, you're not for real. This was just a fluke game. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's for. I mean, I think we all knew that. Yeah. <laughs> we all knew that. That's just throwing okay. it out there for if there are already South Carolina fans, like, what the heck? Why aren't you giving us our dues? You're not for real. Sorry. I mean, okay. it was a good story for Helensky because yeah. you know, that whole family's gone through a lot this last year. But yeah, yeah that's that's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, our last game we're talking about that happened this week is the Florida LSU game. Ooh, okay. Big, big is the game of the week. And okay. LSU kind of put it to Florida. They did. The score doesn't look that way, but I know they. Well, they I would stomping. say it was more around like, I would say it was more, the score doesn't say how good the game was, because the oh, final no. score was 42 to 28. So like it looks like LSU really just stomped on Florida. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't that at all. Oh really? Okay. No, I watched the whole game, and um, Florida had a chance to win. I mean, it was going going into the fourth quarter. It was a like a one touchdown game. Oh. And I think Georgia or uh, Florida actually did at some point. Let me take a look. Um, I think did pull within a few a few points. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was within. So it was tied going into halftime, and then going into the fourth quarter, it would, Florida was down by a touchdown. Okay. And then LSU's defense just put the game away. That's the probably should. should have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's fair. So that was, yeah, so I think the score doesn't reflect how good the game actually was. Um, but at the same time, LSU put their foot down and, and showed their dominance. Like, they, yeah. they put it to them. It was a, I mean, it was obviously a must-win game, but it's a state, low-key, it's a statement. Mm -hmm. Statement game for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think that's big time. So, with LSU winning over Florida, obviously Florida season's, you know, college Florida season. I mean, their season's not over, but their playoff hopes are. They're yeah, they're probably. in the same. Well, they're in the same boat as Georgia. Are they? Florida. Yeah, Florida still has only lost one game. Don't they have to play Alabama <laughs> soon? I'm, I'm looking. I mean, they're in the same. Uh, uh, they're in separate, separate, different sides. Oh, they are. Okay. So they might, they might be lucky and get past and not have to play Alabama, but they still gonna have to play Georgia. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. They 
So yeah, they're still they're still six and one. They're still ranked number nine, and they have an easy schedule going out. So I think it all comes down to this Georgia Florida game for that side of the of the SEC. That's fair. Because they end with Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Florida State. So so I think they'll win at, win those games. And so I don't think Florida's playoff chances are over yet. I would say it's not panic, just like Georgia. I think Georgia and Florida are in the exact same boat. Okay. But what I will talk about is the fact that LSU, I think, has a chance to win the SEC and make the comfortable playoff. I kind of agree. With Florida, I first off, I'll give them credit. They might make it, but I, I highly doubt it. With yeah. LSU, No, though, I don't think they're going to make it either, but I'm just saying like their chances, I wouldn't say it's time to ride them off yet. I think they're oh, still okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But with LSU, though, I agree. They're looking really good. They're a yep. real all-around team right now. They are. And Joe Burrow, quarterback, he, I saw some mock drafts today that had him going number one overall. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I saw some of that. I, I think he's just talking about how well he's playing right now. No, that's fair. And I think Joe Burrow is playing very well, and the whole offense and defense, the whole LSU team is playing really good. Granted, they are on that side with Alabama, so they have a tough schedule going out. They still have to play Auburn and Alabama. But at the same time, I think they could win both those games. I think so, too. Yeah. Do you know where... Those games are Auburn, so Alabama? They play Auburn in Louisiana, in okay. Death Valley, but then they have to go to Alabama. That's the game. That's the game right there, yeah. Yeah, because if they win against Alabama, I think that's enough momentum to, like... Push them through. Yeah, push them through Georgia yeah, and that's the game. Knows. I think that's the game right there that the winner of that will win the SEC and go to the playoff. Oh, yeah. that's See, that's a big one, because I, I kind of believe in LSU... I know Alabama's rolling. It's just, you know, two has been great. Still hasn't had a turnover, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think he's thrown like 25 touchdowns and no interceptions. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's real insane. But this Alabama team in general, their defense looks. I still think it's been looking suspect. Yeah. You know, like they don't look. They're not as good as LSU's defense. Mm-hmm. They may not even be as good as Florida or Auburn's defense. Yeah. So, it's. It's definitely something to worry about if you're an Alabama fan. If it comes down to it, Tua will have to outdoor Joe Burrow and a yep. little bit more. Yep. So, <laughs> and that'll be an entertaining game for sure. So yeah, we will uh, check in with that game down the road for sure. All right, yep. but we do have one game we're looking forward to this week. Yep, it is the Michigan Penn State game. College game day will be there. They will be. Yep. Um, you have the six and zero Penn State Nittany Lions. Uh huh. Hosting the oh. five and one Michigan Wolverines. So yes, it is in it is in Pennsylvania. That's a big one then. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, first off, before we get in, dive into the stats and everything, give me your prediction. Who wins it? Oh, I think Penn State wins it. I do too. I think I Penn State wins. Do you want to score two or? You don't really need to score. I think they okay. win. I'm gonna be honest. I think Penn State actually wins big. Yeah, me too. Um, so yeah. we don't need to go yeah. into uh, go into uh, a big like what we think the score is. Um, For so sure. yeah, we think Penn State's gonna beat Michigan. And that's that. I, don't, I just think that, I don't think, again, Michigan's not for real. We've known the have been for a long time. for a while, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, we called that one out real quick. Yeah. I mean, I just think, I think Penn State's on a roll. I don't, yeah. I think, I think Penn State, it's going to be tough between Penn State and, like, the, there's three teams in the Big Ten that are looking, yeah. looking good. Like, Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. And one of those three teams is going to make the playoff. For sure. But, but it's going to be a battle between those Yeah, teams it, sure. it really is. So, anyways, we got Penn State beating Michigan. Easily. That's the big game of the week. 
that's really it. Yeah, not See, very many big games coming this weekend. Oh yeah, next weekend. I mean, well, yeah, after this weekend, next weekend there'll be some. Yeah, big there's ones. some big ones next week. Like, you got the Wisconsin Ohio State game in two weeks. That's huge. Auburn LSU. Oh yeah. So those are two big games that we can talk about next week. Yeah. Playoff implications. In both of those, but yeah. This I guess you could say this week's one playoff implication game is Penn State. Michigan, but Penn State's going to win, so it doesn't even matter. If they lose, then I, Michigan State's still not making it in. <laughs> yeah, Michigan's still not making it in, yeah. but I don't think they will. I think Penn State will win big, and that's it. So enjoy college football this weekend. Yep. All right, so coming up next, we're gonna talk. we have baseball Yep. Okay. with Jesse and Cody. Welcome to this segment of the Cycle 365 with the only two hosts that talk about baseball, Jesse and Jesse and Cody, and there's been a lot that's happened since we last spoke about baseball. There it is. The National League winner is in as of today, Thursday, the seventeenth. Yes, the uh, Washington Nationals have made it to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, no. The Super Bowl. They made, no. The uh, the Washington Nationals have made it to the World Series. The there you go. One, the first one in there. History. Yeah, but and that's including Expos history as well. Yes. So, which I didn't see coming. I did not see coming at all. Either. It took seven games for them to beat the Dodgers. You're right. It did, but and it was ended with some fireworks. That's for sure. Oh, it ended in the most savory way imaginable. Tenth inning, Howie Kendrick. Howie Smith. Kendrick, what a guy this postseason. Yeah. He ended up winning the NLCS MVP. He went. Five for 15, five RBIs, and... Like three doubles or something. Yeah, like that. that's... Where is his bat coming from? Well, he's always been around. Um, he <laughs> just has never been... <laughs> the guy. He's never been that guy, yeah. I mean, I think this is like... He's like... This is 12th year in the majors. So I mean, like, he's not new. Um, he just has never been on a winning team. Yeah, and now the Nationals have just not stopped winning. You're right. And was it you that told me that Nationals are kind of trolling... Bryce Harper a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I saw some post on social media. Okay. So yeah. is, was Bryce Harper worse for the Nationals than he was for the better? I mean, you can make an argument that he's the reason they I didn't mean, make it. literally one year they didn't make the World Series and the next year they did. Yeah. This is just, literally the only... You can't really compare much else like that. The only denominator that is not there is Bryce Harper. Yeah. Bottom line, Bryce Harper's trash. He's never going to win a World Series. You heard that first on the cycle from Cody Stoffer. But anyways, okay, what do you make of this Cardinals team that scores 10 runs in the, in the first inning against the Braves and they just absolutely crush the Braves in a game seven just to come out flat and lose four consecutive games to the Nationals? Yeah, I don't think the, uh, I don't think the Cardinals should have been there in the first place. Uh, I agree. I think the Braves were a better team. Well, yeah, and I think the Braves would have given given the Nationals a better game and the world a better game, but really... More than four to, games. Shoot. Yeah. Well, really what it comes down to is that the the Cardinals just had that one good inning where they came out and scored 10 runs in one inning. And uh, that was really it for their postseason showing. Like, that's really it. Yeah, they just had some hot bats at the right times, and then in this series, I didn't, they barely scored, like, at all. I know that they got crushed, like, I think twice yeah. in this series. Yeah, by at least a, a differential of six in two games. So, like, the card we're not thinking about the Cardinals next year as being a contender, right? 
Because mm, nah. this kind of shows that, in my opinion, that they're kind of phonies, at least a little bit. Yeah, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be a contender even next year either now. So yeah, I mean, sure we were way off, Cody, on our predictions, but... Oh my gosh, well, we were horrendously off. We had the Dodgers... And the Braves. And the Braves and the NLCS. I mean, I mean, I mean neither thing, of those teams were there. The good thing is we got one thing right. The, the Nationals won the wild card. <laughs> that is correct. We did get that right. And yeah. didn't we have the Yankees and the Astros? Yeah, we had them. Well, there. my original prediction, I'm pretty sure I had the A's as a dark horse. I did, but not, I did not. I had I had Houston and the Yankees. Yeah. Houston I'm right on that Yankees. side. The National League, though, not right. That's okay. Do you think that the Nationals can beat the Yankees or I think so. I think, they're, I think they're good enough. I don't know if they'll win the World Series, but I think that they can at least make it competitive and possibly pull it out at the end. They have they have the roster to do it. Yeah. Yeah, the Nationals, they're really good, and I kept choosing against them, and look where they are now. So maybe maybe their secret is me choosing against them. So you pick, so pick against them? I just I have to pick against them in the World Series so that they win. And then they give me part of their roster bonus for winning the World Series. Or just let Howie Kendrick go off. Or Howie Kendrick can just continue to play out of his mind. On offense, I should say. His defense is a little, a little sketchy, but... Hey, when you're bad as the best in the league right now... You don't need to care about defense. Yeah. If you can score as many runs as you allow, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. then it's okay. It's kind of like James Harden on defense. Yeah. But, Another Houston team, the Astros, are... Another Houston team. Currently, well, because James Harden was... He's oh, yeah. Hey. So, they're currently up 2-1 to one as of Thursday the 17th. Over the Yankees. Over the Yankees. After losing game one, which was kind of hard to watch because they were outplayed very bad. Yeah. And then the second game, that amazing walk-off from Correa. Carlos Correa. And then, I didn't really... What happened in the third game? Uh, Garrett Cole just shut down the... Oh, that's right. Yeah, Garrett Cole just... He had uh, strikeouts for days. Yeah, he just shut down the Yankees' bat, so that's really, that's really it. You think the Astros can close it out? Well, it's a seven-game series. Th- that is true. Quads and I think, it's gonna use, I think it's going to use all seven. I really do. And I think... That's tough. I think, I think the Yankees' bats are going to prevail. You think the, the Yankees got it? I do, because... Really, if you think about it, the Astros have two pitchers, and Justin Verlander, Verlander and Cole, and, Cole. and they can't go every game. So they can't they can't even alternate, especially if they want to win the World Series. And so I just think, in the long run, I think the fact that the bats for the hitters for the Yankees will overcome. And, and Giancarlo Stanton yeah. also is starting to get warmed up, and he's starting to get the gears turning. So like, yeah. they have so much depth, not only at the bat position, which makes it easier to win games, but they also have a lot of depth in the bullpen too. Mm-hmm. So they can afford to have their batters pinch hit, yeah. and then they can afford to take their batters out of the game and put it in pitcher. You're right. Like, their depth is insane. So, so I'm going to agree with you. I think, the, I think it takes seven games, but I think the Yankees win. I'm not happy about it. That's but, okay. I'm just going to root for the Nationals. In the yeah. <laughs> Whatever... Whichever team comes out of the AL, I'm going to root for the Nationals. Yeah. A, the Nationals have a good story. And they beat the Dodgers, which is really the highlight of the season. <laughs> Man, can you believe Clayton Kershaw allowed two home runs in the eighth inning? Well, I can. Yeah. I mean, eventually it's going to break down. So. I mean, they just they never win. 
in the postseason. Well, except for the last two two times they've won the World Series, but well, they lost in the World <laughs> Series too. No, I know, but like they won, they lost last year, they won the year before that. No. No. They they've been in the last four until this year. They and they lose. They lose. They won they, one, I think. But. No, they haven't won. They won any of them. A single World Series with Clayton Kershaw. And those that studded lineup. Yeah. That seems to get better like literally every year and still loses. Yeah. It's just uh they are the Cincinnati Bengals of baseball. Yeah. Can we start calling uh can we petition Clayton Kershaw to be called Andy Dalton? A red rifle. <laughs> Maybe. But anyways, let's keep going. So that that brings us to the World Series matchup. Who are we predicting this? Nationals? Think the Nationals will win? Or do you think the Yankees are gonna pull it out? I mean, uh, I want the Nationals to win, so I'm going to choose the Yankees. But anyways, no, I feel like the Yankees are just... Okay, here's the thing. If... I don't, I don't think that Kendrick can, t- can continue to just be, like, the hero that the Nationals need and deserve. I feel like the Yankees are way deeper at literally every position. Yeah. Could be. But... Baseball has an interesting way of taking the underdog. We'll see. Yeah, we really will see. That does it for baseball on October 17th. Yeah. And the next time we talk, there will be a World Series happening. Well, maybe not happening, but we'll have the teams that are in it. We'll have the teams that are in it. That's right. And I'll make my final decision from there. Okay. We will update our update then. Yeah. We've been so wrong. It's okay. (laughs) It really is. I'm not... I'm not putting any money down on it, so I don't really care either way. Yeah. All right. That does it for this segment. That does it for the baseball segment. Coming up. Coming up next, we're going to talk XFL with Simon. Yep. See you there. All right, y'all. Welcome back. This is the last segment of the Cycle 365. Here, we're going to be talking about the XFL draft and, you know, just giving our thoughts about these teams uh, post-draft. So today is October 17th at the time we're recording this segment. And so we have not seen anybody get signed. I don't know how that whole process works yet. So the teams we have right here are the teams that, you know, they drafted. So we're going to start with the Dallas Renegades, coached by former Oklahoma head coach Bob Stoops. Cody, how about you tell me your opinion about this squad? Well, I mean, Bob Stoops, he's a legendary football coach, so he understands the game of football really well. And, you know, he has a quarterback that he's familiar with in Landry Jones. I mean, he was able to get wins out of Landry Jones, which is more than what a lot of coaches could do with Landry Jones. Facts. And looking at this roster, they have some really good running backs, which means that it can they can keep the ball out of Landry Jones' hands, which <laughs> means that this team could probably win more games. Yeah, if you look at the three running backs, they have uh... – Cameron Artis Payne, Lance Dunbar, and Dimitri Flowers, all three of them have uh, have played in the NFL and they're not just like one and done guys like college free agent and they've actually played. And um, so I think Cody probably get to this. Is Bob Stoops running running coach? Absolutely. He's got the three Sweet. best running backs in this. I think I think on three best running backs in this. Oh, okay. I, maybe not the best running backs, but the three best tandem of running backs. Would you guys agree? Trio? Trio. The best running back trio yeah. in the league. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. I don't think there's any doubt about it, for yeah. sure. And so it's it's really good that these running backs can also catch out of the backfield too. 
especially Lance Dunbar, he's shown that, you know, he can take checkdowns for 10 yards, 12 yards, which is not only helpful for, you know, Lance Dunbar and his value, but also for Landry Jones, who, you know, depending on, we'll see how, like, blitzing and stuff works in this league and, like, how the <laughs> offensive linemen hold up. That's but, right. You know, checkdowns, that, that might be an integral part of the game. Yeah, that's fair. So, what would you grade the Dallas Renegades draft? Hmm. Well, using the other team's rosters as comparison, I'd say a solid B. Yeah, I was going to say Possibly even an say, A minus. I was going to say B plus. Okay, that's fair. B plus, A minus. They're like the same. <laughs> yeah, except yeah, yeah. unless you're trying to get GPA. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. But yeah, no, I totally agree. I think on the defensive side, they definitely picked up some interesting uh, players for sure. All of them have a decent amount of NFL talent. So we got Haloi Kikaha. I think he was a second round pick, I believe, out of Washington. He's a good little player. He's a rotational guy. I'm surprised he's not on an NFL team. Then they got T. Gray Scales, linebacker out of Indiana. He's a good rotational guy. Curtis Drummond, he was somebody who starred AAF and had a lot of really big hits. And then, really sadly, the only last chance U player to get drafted, John Franklin III. Obviously, he played quarterback over at EMCC, but he's been transitioning pretty well over to corner and has progressed a lot these last couple years. But anyways, moving forward, we got the DC Defenders, in my opinion, probably the most talented squad. So, here Jesse, how about you start? Which player stands out to you the most and who will make the biggest impact? Um, yeah, I would agree with you, Simon, the fact that this is the best team, drafted-wise, I do think. And um, this, the guy I'm looking at here is Donald Pumphrey. Ooh. Running back from South Dakota State. Or, uh, San, San Diego, Diego State. State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he set all the records in college. He did. For not just the Mountain West or for his school, but for all of NCAA. Yep. And he didn't really get to show what he's made of in the NFL. So I think I think here he will get um, get a shot, and I think I think he's gonna show show him what he's made of. That's fair. He has blazing four three speed. Yeah. He's oh man, I'm so excited. He's gonna he's gonna tear it up. Hopefully, yep. I think he's gonna be the starting guy for them. But what about you, Cody? Who who stands out to you for this uh, DC Defenders team? I'm excited to see Cardale Jones working in a Pep Hamilton offense. Pep Hamilton, he knows how to work with quarterbacks, and Cardale Jones is a guy that. You know, I, I thought I was going to see in the NFL sometime, but I'll settle for him being in the XFL. And I think that he's going to be able to put up big numbers. And, you know, he has a great offense around him at the same time. And Peppa Hamilton is, does a good job of running the offense. But this overall is a fantastic roster. I mean, their safety tandem of Matt Elam and Raheem Moore, I mean, that's not, like, great in the NFL, but it's fantastic for the XFL. Oh, yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I think it's excellent as well. Especially, like... Just looking at their defense altogether, I think it looks really strong. Um, they have Elijah Qualls, who was, I believe, a seventh-round draft pick. He's this big dude out of Washington. He's like, what is he, like 6'5", 370 pounds or some crazy thing like that. And then they got two really good linebackers and Scooby Wright, the third. You know, he was great over at Arizona. Broke a lot of records. Just a great all-around linebacker. I'm surprised he's not a team. And then A.J. Tarpley as well. And then you have three really good corners in Doran Grant, Jalen Myrick, and Ladarius Gunter, or at least XFL good corners, who all have experience in the NFL. So I'm looking at this, you know, DC Defender squad, and I'm really liking them. In terms of, uh, I guess this is preseason, 
in preseason picks, uh, they're they're the team to look out for. I'd say. Yeah, I don't think sure. I don't think anyone will match their their speed. I give them an A. Yeah, I give them an A too. Yeah. A is if, if there's an A plus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I give them an A plus. I think they have obviously they have the most NFL experience on this team. Yeah. So that's and that's I mean, fantastic. Donald Pumphrey is running a four four or a four three whatever. Yeah. So Jalen Merrick. So I mean. Offense and defensive-wise, you're not going to be able to catch them. Oh, yeah. They have speed, for sure. And talent. All around. All around. Also, just to add, so these players were drafted, but they are allowed to join an NFL team, I right, believe. At any point. Well, no, not. there's a cutoff point. So I think January or like late December is the cutoff point for them. So any of them could sign a contract with I the NFL. I think it's like 120 days or 90 days. Something One like that. One of those two. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, these teams aren't necessarily locked in, but, I mean, they have the rights to them as of now. So, yeah. But anyways, moving forward, we got the Houston Roughnecks, coached by June Jones. He did some work with Johnny Manziel back in the day, recruited him. He helped him a lot with his success, you know, in college, where, you know, obviously he had the most success. But, Cody, why don't you tell me a little bit about your opinion on this uh on the team they drafted. I think that this Roughnecks team also looks really good. They have a pretty deep wide receiver core with Sammy Coates, Jalen Sanders, and Joe Horn Jr. These are all guys that, especially in this XFL lineup, are gonna be mismatches. And, you know, a guy like Sammy Coates, he can play in the slot, he can play outside, especially against these cornerbacks, and yep. maybe one of the premier wide receivers in this league. Mm-hmm. And then, Coney Ely, for those who pay attention to the NFL, he probably would have won the MVP for Super Bowl 50 if the Panthers won. That's true. So he's been, he's an absolute force on defense. I think he's going to dominate in this league. So they definitely have some star players on both sides of the ball. I just want to see how June Jones can kind of put it all together. I think the Roughnecks did an excellent job in the draft, making sure that they drafted Connor Cook after they were assigned Philip Walker. And I think Connor Cook makes them a whole tier better. Yeah. And it's probably the best pick of the draft as far as like, you know, addressing an area of need. That's fair. I think I think going off of what you said, Cody, about the wide receiver core, like obviously it can be a great receiver core, but without a person throwing to them, they're nothing. But I think they went and got that guy in Connor Cook, and I think he's going to just sling it all over the place, and it's going to be a high-powered offense. Yeah, it should be. I'm looking forward to it. They also have two really good running backs in Andre Williams, uh, this big, what is he, like 6'2", 240-pound type of running back, a hard hitter. And then you got uh, Akron Wobbly from Iowa. He's a shifty guy, so pretty much the exact opposite. I think they'll complement each other really well, in my opinion. So, What grade do you give them? Ooh. <sighs> See, I really like their offense, and I like their head coach. I feel like this offense matches the head coach really well, next to you know Bob Stoops and that Renegade squad. But I think I'll have to give him a B plus. They're lacking a little bit on defense. They do have Trenton Thompson as well who, Cody, you and me, we mocked him a couple years ago, pretty high up, like second or third round. He's a DT out of Georgia. But out of outside of Thompson, Coney Ely, I guess Carl Bradford, that's pretty much it. They don't have much more on defense. So uh, compared to the defenders and Renegades, I'll probably give them a B to B plus, great. Yeah, that's a B. I'm going to give them an A minus. Okay. Basically because of the Connor Cook draft pick. That's the best pick of the draft, in my opinion, especially after they were assigned Philip Walker, because he's going to be, he's the difference in this team being bad versus being a good team, I think is entirely on him. And plus, talking about the defensive side of the ball, 
if your guys on the front line are good, it makes it easier for the secondary. That's so true. I think that that'll also help. I think they're in the top half of the league as far as how the draft goes. That's true. That's very true. Also, I think, I don't know if we touched on this yet, but Joe Horn Jr., the son of Joe Horn, is on this squad. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything. I looked him up. He didn't really put up any numbers because he went to a D2 score. So there's that. But, you know, just NFL bloodlines. Well, there's, some, there's some more familiar league. names coming up. So. Yeah, for sure. All right, so next up, we got <laughs> the St. Louis Battlehawks. Football is back in St. Louis. It is, but we'll see how, you know, how how good it is. Because uh, this this team wasn't the greatest, to be honest. I was looking... I was looking through their draft picks and it wasn't great. But anyways, let's just start with them first. So head coach Jonathan Hayes, I don't recognize the name, I don't believe, which is okay. I mean, there's a lot of coaches here that are getting their start, so there's that. But they were assigned all the old Ole Miss quarterback, Jordan Te'amu. He, uh, he got the privilege to throw into A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, and a number of other receivers. Oh, Evan Ingram while at Ole Miss. So everyone kind of wrote him off because, you know, he had great receivers and all that. So it made him look really good. But I think this is a guy with a lot of potential. He could run the ball. He could pass the ball really well. But he's just a young player. And so we got to see what's up with that. But anyways, outside of Jordan Te'amu, who stands out to y'all? I mean, Matt Jones is the most familiar name mm -hmm. to me. And I feel like if Matt Jones can hold on to the ball, <coughs> he'd still be in the NFL. Fair. It's just his fumble problems were bad in the NFL. I, I swear, he fumbled like three times in one game. I was like, why? Why do they keep handing him the ball? Yep. But, and then, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. jumps out to me. Yeah, what about you, Jesse? I mean, I've heard Jordan Lasley's name. Yeah, um, But, like, he's not the receiver that, he's not DK Metcalf or anything no. like that at Ole Miss or even Evan Ingram. He's none of that, so we'll have to see. Okay. That's fair, yeah. There's really not many other people on this roster. There is Christine Michael. He was, you know, a consistent rotational guy in the NFL for a couple years and then kind of dropped off. You have Jordan Lasley, like you said. He basically was famous. Well, not famous, but like he's basically, you know, where he's at because of Josh Rosen and all that success they both had at UCLA. Then you have Garrett Dooley, the linebacker, and then Kenny Robinson, safety out of West Virginia. And that's pretty much it. There's no other notable NFL player or former players on uh, this Battlehawks squad or really any standout college athletes, which is a little concerning, to be honest, considering you have, you know, a young quarterback and then a head coach that may not be as prestigious as some of these other ones. What grade would you give the Battlehawks draft? I'll give him a C- minus because I feel bad for him. Okay. I was going to say, I'm not going to be nice to him. I'm going to say D. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I don't count the quarterback because they were assigned to them, so they didn't get to pick. I mean, quarterback's the best thing they got going for him, and even then, that's not certain. So yeah, he's a he's a raw player for sure. But yeah, I'll I'll have to agree with that B. <laughs> I just I don't know. They could have definitely done better. I don't know why they didn't. But anyways, moving forward, we have the Seattle Dragons, coached by Jim Zorn. So who stands out to y'all out of the players drafted on the Seattle team? I'm going to say safety control Bryce. Ooh. Um, I think looking at their offense, there aren't that very many big names. No. So this is one of those other ones where last few we've had here, it's been all talking about the offense first, but I think this one we can go defense. Yeah. Yeah, so control Bryce, safety. 
I think he's the one that stands after me. He's just gonna lock down that that uh, deep in the back. Yep. I feel like Jason Morrow could be a mismatch in the XFL, just from the tight end position. Um, but yeah, Jason Morrow, he had a unfortunate, um, I'd say, duty of playing on the New York Jets when they didn't have a quarterback. So like, I That's feel fair. like he could do way better in the NFL. I feel like Silvers or Daniels are better quarterbacks than what he had to work with in the NFL. So this guy could make an impact in the XFL for sure. That's very fair. So the quarterback, I'm just going to go through uh, some of the notable players they have. <clears throat> they were assigned Brandon Silvers as their quarterback. They have B.J. Daniels. I'm pretty sure he was a career backup in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see what's up with that. You have Kenneth Far Farrow, right? Yeah, Farrow. He was a career backup at running back, a rotational guy. You have LeVon Coleman, which is a really good regional pick, I feel like. People remember him playing at Washington, and he had a pretty good career, at least in my opinion. You have the old quarterback of Navy, Keenan Reynolds, at wide receiver. You have Corey Robertson, like Cody said, Jason Merrow. Then their line looks pretty good to me with Cyril Richardson and Isaiah Battle. Those are two guys who both have NFL experience and are like monster people. Like I'm pretty sure Isaiah Battle is like 6'7", 380 pounds. So there's that. You have Marcel Frazier, just came out from Missouri this last year. You have Chris Davis, the kick six returner, from, uh, if you remember that, from that oh, game a while yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, Chris Davis. He hasn't had a lot of, you know, things going on for him, but he's yeah, back. Yeah, he had the kick six. That's enough to last yeah. a lot of time. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty big deal. So you have Chris Davis and Sterling Moore, and then Kentrell Price. So, grade for this team? C? C plus. I was C plus. C plus. I agree with that. Yeah, I'll give them a C plus as well. They could definitely have done better. I don't know why they drafted B.J. Daniels. There are a lot of other quarterbacks they could have drafted, but they drafted B.J. Daniels kind of Hey, late. no need for B.J. Daniels slander around no, him. It's, He's it's better not. than you think. No, he is better than what I think, and I think he can potentially start, but they, they kind of reached for him for where they picked him. But anyways, moving forward, we have the Tampa Bay Vipers, coached by Mark Tressman. An old, you know, offensive coordinator from the NFL and head coach, actually, of the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. And so, there's some names on this squad. So, Cody, how about you go first? Name the first person that it kind of pops out to you. I mean, I remember looking at this list and you like, Vinny Testaverde had a son? I, did. mean, I didn't even think that he reproduced, so like, <laughs> the fact that he has a son that's in a, in a professional <laughs> football league in the XFL. But I don't think that he'll see too much playing time with Aaron Murray there. I feel like yeah. Aaron Murray's a very serviceable quarterback, and, you know, he, he was a backup for a couple of years in the league, and I think they'll do well here. And he has Alonzo Moore to throw to, and, does. I mean, there's some notable offensive linemen here. Like, he has a good line. He does. To Arguably the best one in the XFL. Yeah. Martez Ivy, Andrew Tiller, Trey Jackson. Like, this is a really good line. I feel like this is also a line that can help out in the running game too for and open up some good lanes for Quentin Flowers. Yeah. So even though this has less like NFL like experienced players, this is still a good roster. Yeah, I was gonna highlight Quentin Flowers there. So like you said, he's got a it's a good running back with a good line. I think I think he's gonna run all over the place. I do too. The only concern here is that as as y'all could see, oh well as Cody and Jesse could see on the there's list no of defensive we have a, players. We have scouting sheets. Yeah. <laughs> there's one defensive player who I didn't even know played defense until last night because he used to play fullback for a really long time, Nikita Whitlock. Um, yeah, that's about it. So they don't have a defense. <laughs> At least one with notable, you know, 
that at least anybody that's notable as of right now, you know, they, so that's a little concerning, but their offense looks solid, and you know Mark Trestman's gonna do some things with this squad right here. I mean, he got production out of Jay Cutler, so like, that's true. Definitely hope. That's true. I'm excited to see Aaron Murray play. I felt like, I don't know what really happened to him. He was great at Georgia, and then he kind of just disappeared. He was a backup in Kansas City for a couple of years. For a really long time. Huh? Yeah. What, well, what grade do you give this team for the draft? Mm. This is tough. I'm going to go C+. Plus. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with the Dragons, but the only reason is because they don't have defense. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna say B- minus because I think with their offensive line being as good as they are and their offensive core being good, they can keep the defense on the sideline. That's fair. So that they can definitely be a time of possession offense, <laughs> and if they can grind out minutes and tire out the other team's defense... And even if their defense doesn't have notable players, if they're playing fresh, they could be better than the other team's defense. So That's fair. I I think I'm gonna go with C plus. This line does look great. You know, they they have some skilled players, they have a good quarterback, all that, but that defense is concerning for sure. Defense so, championships, so it does. It does. And there's a lot of teams here with really good offenses, so <laughs> defense is definitely gonna win championships. But anyways, Moving forward, we have the New York Guardians, coached by Kevin Gilbride. So I'll just go ahead and say it. The quarterback that they were assigned was Matt McGloin, but they drafted another quarterback pretty soon, Marquise Williams. He played at the University of North Carolina. <laughs> so, all right, thoughts about this squad? Well, as a Bronco fan, Lorenzo Doss is there. He is. At corner. roster. Um, that's, I wouldn't say that's my highlight, my highlight guy, but I just wanted to put it out there. He is former Broncos, Broncos player, Lorenzo Doss, cornerback. Um, he did, I mean, he can he kind of play wide receiver. Yeah, he's a good too. special teams guy in the NFL, so I mean, give him a shot in the XFL, we'll see. Um, but I'm also going to talk about the Quanjo, oh, the Can Quanjo brothers, right? Sure. The offensive linemen guys? Yeah, they played at Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just basically took Alabama and moved to the XFL. I mean, it's always good to get Bama linemen, yeah. especially in the XFL. And, I mean, okay, I don't remember if anyone else remembers this, but there was like a two or three week period in the NFL where everyone thought Matt McGloin was the truth in Oakland. That's true. So, like, this guy, he may, he may be able to put up some decent stats, you know, and uh, not a bad quarterback. I, mean, I was kind of confused that they drafted another one. Yeah. That, like... I feel like McGloin can work perfectly fine in the NFL or XFL. So that's fine. So yeah, I'm ready for McGloin Mania part two. <laughs> oh yeah. So this team, I, I actually kind of like it. So the receivers they had, one of them, yeah, one of them was a really big standout in the AAF. He played for the San Antonio Commanders. Mikael, here, let me say this right. Mikael McKay. He's a big old 6'4 receiver. He he was consistently putting up numbers while in the AAF. So it was sad to see that whole, you know, <laughs> that whole week for well, but that's not on him. Yeah, but I think he'll put up numbers in the XFO as well. You have Demarcus Ayers. He was somebody who was a, I remember he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a really good rotational guy. And just because, you know, the Steelers had an, a lot of great receivers at the time, he just kind of got, like, pushed out. But he's a good player. 
You have Quadri Henderson. You have fullback Tommy Bohannon, which I don't... They list all their fullbacks as running backs in the XFL, which is kind of weird to me. But anyways, grade for this team. What would you give them? The New York Guardians. B. B. Okay, that's fair. No, <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. I mean, no, it doesn't blow me away, but it's not bad, especially yeah. compared to the next team that we're going to look at. Oh, yeah. I think this is a well-rounded team, actually. I really like the, the Alabama linemen they picked up because those guys are going to be they're, – they're still kind of good. They're rotational guys in the NFL. But all right, so the last team, maybe the least team, but we have the L.A. Wildcats coached by Winston Boss. Also, I just – I noted this, but Norm Chow – He's the OC, and he's somebody who low-key should have deserved in a head coaching job in the XFL, but, you know, that's fine. He was a coach at Hawaii before, and then a really good assistant elsewhere. So what do y'all think about this roster? I think this roster is so bad, Norm Chow might be coaching next year. <laughs> oh, really? How come? I mean, okay, first off, the first name that I recognized was Nick Novak. If you have a kicker... On your notable players list, who is literally like outcasted in the NFL for being <laughs> bad, that's not good. I feel like Elijah Hood is probably the best player on this team. Uh, I'll, I'll throw one more other name there. I think Elijah Hood, yeah, Elijah Hood's probably good, but I think I'm gonna say no. Uh, Nelson Spruce is the best player on this Ooh, team. Ooh, yes. Uh, he played. He played for the Rams for what a year. Yep. Um, he, he played well. I mean, he didn't do bad. Nope. And then he was the leading receiver in the <laughs> AAF. So. Um, I definitely give him a shot there. He's also my boy, because <laughs> I, I wanted to be him when I grew up. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. gotta stick by stick by Nelson. All CU Boulder boy. Yeah. There. Growing up, I had season tickets to see the bus, obviously, and he was. But this is like before Philip Lindsay, so he was like the dude before Philip Lindsay. He was when I was going, and so Nelson Spruce was my role model and my guy I wanted to be when I grew up. So I'm gonna give a shout out to him, and then. That's it. <laughs> well, hey, not to not to be overlooked. Sean Oakman yeah, is finally getting his chance that. to play. Yeah. He got done football dirty because done of dirty. what was it sexual assault allegations yeah. that turned out to be fake. They just fake. proved that like a couple months ago. So yeah. this could this could definitely be a bridge. That, uh, talking about players that could potentially go to NFL rosters, depending on oh, how yeah. well they do here. Sean Oakman mm-hmm. could be one of those guys. I'm pretty sure he's like amongst the top leaders in sacks all-time at Baylor. He is. And, I mean, he's a scary-looking dude. The big man. Oh, yeah. he's a, we all know the meme. He, yeah, we all know the meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got a uh, 32-pack. It was a freaking midsection. <laughs> yeah, this guy, this guy, Sean Oakman, good old 6'7", 260, 250 pounds. He's built. <laughs> Lean. He's built, yeah. But he, he should have been a top-five pick uh, a while ago. But sadly, his career his career got derailed. Uh, honestly, just because of some lies. Hey, but we got but we got a second chance. He'll get a chance. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll. I, I think, he'll I think he could definitely move to the NFL. Yeah, he'll go to the NFL. I think right. so too. He might be one of the better defensive players in this whole draft. Actually, yeah, yeah. Really he's, under the radar because everyone forgot who he was because you know, oh yeah, stuff and things. He's a scary but, looking guy, but that's someone to keep an eye on. And then I, I realize both of y'all haven't watched the AAF a ton, so there's that too. But Luis Perez. He was a really good story while the AAF was going on because he was a pretty good quarterback. Played for the Birmingham Iron with the Trent Richardson, who we'll get to, uh, you know, pretty soon here. But honestly, I think Luis Perez was somebody who should have got, I think he might have got an invite to a preseason NFL team, something like that. I don't know. Or sorry, he should have got an invite to the preseason with an NFL team, but he didn't. 
He's a really good player in my opinion. He's a quarterback who, if y'all don't know the story, he pretty much had to teach himself how to play quarterback throughout high school and then played in college and was really good in college. And then, you know, nobody gave him a look because he was really raw. You know, he didn't really have a quarterback coach until the AAF, which is crazy. But he's he's a good player. I think him and Elijah Hood and even KD Cannon and Nelson Spruce, they're going to make some noise on offense. Yeah, they're going to make some noise. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. So well, I think I think what? they will. It's just I'm I'm not sure about Winston Boss. To be honest, I'm just I'm just not sure about him as an OC. I'm sure about Norm Chow as an OC, but we'll have to see. I hope Luis Perez takes another well, step forward. Well, Moss is definitely a defensive specialist. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. What's your grade? I'm gonna go C. I'm feeling a C. Really? Okay. Plus. Okay. Well, then I'm gonna go <laughs> B because like they don't have a lot of notable players. I know I put Nick Novak on there, but they have some players that like could be really good. It just depends about the you know players around them. I say C plus literally for the strong open pick. Okay, that's fair. That's it fair. just sucks that they're gonna lose them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. before I go into Nelson will be there. That's true. Nelson will be there. But before I go into players who weren't drafted into the XFL, but maybe you know picked up pretty soon here, who out of all of these teams are your early contenders? Renegades. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? Renegades? Well, I it, really, it really makes me sick to see Bob Stoops coaching a team from Texas, but... <laughs> well, all these players are from Texas. I'm going to go with the D.C. Defenders. That's fair. I, will I can see that being the championship game. Yeah. On the key. I like I like the Defenders and Renegades as well. I don't want to pick between the two because I'm biased towards the Renegades, so... <laughs> There's that. If you haven't checked, or wait, was it on? Yeah, it was on this podcast. Yeah, I, first I declared myself a Renegades fan early on. I don't know, you could declare yourself a Battlehawks fan, Cody. Which what did I? Yeah, you did, because <laughs> you like their you like their logo in like the uniforms. Okay, well, well, not the uniforms, but their logo. How about we wait one year and then I'll decide who I'll root for? <laughs> <laughs> I like the last team I'll throw in there. A close second in my book is uh, Houston Roughnecks. Actually, same, yeah. I think just because of Connor Cup. That's true. He has a good little squad around him as mm-hmm. well. All right, so I'm going to go into some of the players that weren't drafted. So I did mention that John Franklin III was the only last chance you player that was picked. And that's a shame because I think Ronald Ollie, he's a DT out of Nichols State. He's a good player. If anybody has seen, you know, Last chance, you you know he's a good player. I mean, he, sh- he should have been a top, you know, lineman prospect in the country, but he it took him a while to grow up. Obviously, he had some issues, you know, growing up as well. So there's that. But I think Ronald Ollie deserves another chance in the XFL. I think he will get picked up if they open up, you know, like free agent free signing. Trades, stuff like that. Yeah, which I don't know how that's going to work, but I think he will get picked up hopefully pretty soon here. I would love to see the LA Wildcats do it just because they don't have a lot of defense or any team that doesn't have a lot of defense like maybe the Vipers I think it'd be insane if he went to the Renegades so there's that and then another player that wasn't picked up who by the way like the cycles tweet last night Carlos Thompson he was an electrifying receiver for Independence Community College he made a whole ton of plays both at his D2 school and then you know at Independence Community College he was on last chance you he's another notable person he just didn't get picked, and 
I feel like that was really sad because he definitely left college a little bit too early and I get it because he wanted if y'all don't know the story about Carlos Thompson he left school so his clock was running and then he came back to school and because his clock was running he was forced to go to a D2 school which he probably should have stayed at another year because he could have but he didn't he left early declared for the draft didn't get drafted no teams in the NFL picked him up or even had him out for a workout but I think he's a guy who honestly he's if he enters the XFL, you could easily be one of the best receivers in the entire league. So, shout out to Carlos Thompson for liking our tweet the other night, and hopefully they get picked up pretty soon here. All right, so that does it for episode eight of the Cycle Three Six Five. Next week we have a whole ton of sorts of sports to talk about with basketball coming up, and we're gonna talk more about the XFL if more news comes up, and then obviously when the season starts, we'll talk about that as well. So this is Simon Villanos. I'm Jesse Boone. Cody Stoffer. The abs are 5-0-1, by the way. Ooh. Yep. So that's just had to throw that out there. All right. We'll catch y'all next time.